Well, the Supreme Court has now ruled that it's illegal to consider race in college admissions. Now, most Americans agree with last week's decision. A recent CBS News poll found that 70% of Americans oppose race being used in a factor in admissions. And even 60% of Democrats oppose race as a factor, according to a New York Times poll. Interrupt your regularly scheduled program for this special report. Blood for drama! Drama! Blood for drama! Drama! Blood for drama! Drama! It's showtime. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to discuss affirmative action. Right, Dave? Affirmative. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a court case going on. Supreme Court just uh, ruled that, at least in uh, colleges, that it's not legal to assume race or use race as any bargaining chip. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why. Which is funny because I had this topic on here for months just because I think that it's racist. Um, so I had it on there for a while and then the Supreme Court case come, come about and I was like, well, I guess it's time to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Uh, so this is the Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard uh, case. It was argued back in October 31st of 2022, and the Supreme Court made their final decision on June 29th, 2023. So very, very recent. Yeah. Uh, so basically, all men are created equal unless you're Asian. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll read down the, uh, the, the wiki top of it. Uh, so this holds that race-based affirmative action programs and college admissions processes violate the Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, as well as the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. With their companion cases, student for, uh, Students for Fair Admissions versus the University of North Carolina, the Supreme Court effectively overruled Grutter versus Bollinger in 2003, and Regents of the University of California versus uh, Bach back in 1978, which validated some affirmative action college admissions provided that race had a limited role in decisions. So doing some research on this, it seems like California has <laughs> outlawed this affirmative action for over 25 years. Well, that's surprising. Yeah. So now we have statistics mm. for the last 25 years. Right. Um, and and by, by all standards of measurement, they came out negative uh, for people of color or any sort of ethnic I'm probably going to use this term a lot, so ethnic is going to result to anything other than white, and which uh, is racist. <laughs> that's just that's just how it is, man. Um, so with this, I'm kind of on the fence about it because, as much as I would like to believe in meritocracy, there are still quite a few inherent gaps uh, that the affirmative action. Um, kind of shored up all right so back in 1964 uh when this came out uh basically um there was institutionalized i mean you still had segregated schools and everything up until right. that time so of course black people uh hispanics all, all ethnic people were coming from a very low standpoint as far as the resources available to them to progress in society primarily which is school. You know, you're raised, parents tell you the only way to get ahead is to get a college degree. 
Right. You know, you're not you're going to get terrible jobs up until you have, um, you know, that diploma. And that was drilled into my head, drilled into the head of everyone yes. that I know. Um, it's which, completely bullshit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from personal experience, those around me, degrees have held a lot less weight in the last two decades than they have historically. But it doesn't stop you from pursuing those, especially if you're in a like a STEM field, right? You can't just decide to go start up uh, a research facility and not have, you know, masters of engineering or biology or chemistry or whatever it is. Uh, you need hardcore schooling in order to, in particular, go to STEM fields, law, you know, such as Harvard, which is one of the major players uh, in all of these affairs. Um, there's plenty of people that are taking the entrepreneurial spirit with uh, social media and marketing. I mean, anyone can can make it, right, is the idea now. You except for us. Yeah, except for <laughs> us. Uh, shout out to all 15 listeners. And, um, well, we got four. That's, that's <laughs> one thing, right? You have this, you're not, they're not providing any sort of commodities for society. They're just pushing themselves out there for entertainment, right? Entertainment yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't require schooling. You yeah. just can be entertaining. Uh, but for those... Uh, citizens who actually want to do something to create something concrete that is benefiting humanity or the country or company or specific people. I mean, if you're making like bionic limbs for people, you need your engineering degrees, right? So right. there's, there's an argument that those who are really going to try to push themselves forward in society, not just on the merits of, um, you know, attaining wealth and income, but just to be recognized as uh, not necessarily elites, but you know, professionals in their mm -hmm. field. They need they need the school to back them up, and historically, uh, ethnic population of America has been drastically restricted. So the affirmative action acts were put in place to try to bridge that gap. Because historically, they didn't have schools uh, with proper schooling for them. So yeah, a black student right, in a low-income family in a low-income area of town with a shitty public school that's underfunded is obviously going to test way lower. No matter how intelligent they are, they're not giving the tools and resources, right? So mm -hmm. you might have a natural prodigy with martial arts, but man, if you only keep them in at a fucking blue belt level... All right, they're never going to ascertain that black belt. They have the potential to, but they are not given the resources. They don't have the right dojo. They don't have you know the right training gear, the right instructors. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm falling is that I'm, I'm pushing more towards maintaining affirmative action because you as a person, as a child growing up, becoming a teenager, a student, your entire life revolves around education. And you can only be tested to the highest caliber that, you know, you're given. So it makes sense that even very intelligent, equally or more intelligent uh, people of color that apply to these schools still won't have the same resources to draw from in order to score the same as, you know, a wealthy white student or even a wealthy, you know, Asian student. And that's kind of the weird discrepancy is that, Asian culture is so far ingrained in education, 
And yep. you look at like Japan is the the leader of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my girlfriend, she was uh, she told me when she was growing up, she didn't go over to friends' houses. She just did extra math workbooks outside of her curriculum, and that was just the thing that she did. Uh, resulted in her being kind of antisocial and uh, not having the same like fun life experiences that everyone else has. Um, addicted to books. I mean, she's a very like isolated individual in that way. Um, but the, the, the Asian students are kind of the outlier and it's weird that the, there was an Asian student that proceeded with this most recent case, um, and kind of spearheaded it. And this is basically arguing that Harvard was racially discriminating because Asians had to score higher, like a lot higher, like, like a significant portion higher, you know, double digit percentage higher on uh, most of their metrics in order to be accepted. Um, yeah, they have to get like a 1350. Yeah. On their SATs. White people have to get a 1310 and black people have to get an 1100. To me, that's like wrong because it's a standardized test, but there's not a standard, you know? So when I look at that from the outside, because I don't even take SATs, I just dropped out and fucking went to work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when I look at that from the outside, it's like, you're automatically saying that black people are stupid, you know, or don't perform as well. So let's drop their, their standard down here. And then just like you said, Asian culture is all about education. So we know that they perform better because their parents like, Hey, read some books, read some books, do some work, you know? So they all, they have to get higher. I don't think that's right. I think that it should all be the same. If it's 1310 or 1350 or 1100, then that should be for everyone. So I don't think that it's speaking to their level of intelligence. I think it's taking into account like the socioeconomic part of it. Because, I don't think there is one. Oh, for sure there is one. You I can't tell me so. that. Like I grew up with just my, my sister, um, single mom, and we are primarily in white neighborhoods. I mean, there was a couple times uh, through high school where like the demographics changed, but for my elementary school, like had maybe like five or six black kids for my, the, my primary years of elementary school, like third through sixth grade middle school. Again, maybe less than 10 people in the entire school. Yeah. But you high were school, where? I was uh, a, a coast, a coastal community. I mean, I mentioned three different high schools, but, my, my starting high school, they had less than probably 15 or 20 uh, black people. An entire school of a body of about 800. Super small demographic, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, I moved. I went to uh, a different city. And then it shot up to probably 20% of the population was, was black. Mm-hmm. And then you had other... The Hispanic and Asian probably made up another 10 percent or so so still predominantly white by like 70 percent um but the city was was drastically different and uh i remember going to like soccer right after school extracurricular activities that cost money right my mom worked her ass off uh in the capacity that she did right not not nine to five 
Uh, but she did everything that she could to make sure that we were in those areas by those schools. Uh, but even still, there wasn't money left over for extracurriculars. So my godmother actually paid for me to go to like a soccer camp and everything else. Um, so when you look at these admissions, they're not just looking at what are your test scores? Are you black or white? Right? There's like a whole body problem to this. And they look at all of your extracurriculars, any sort of um, outstanding efforts you had for like um, community service and stuff like that. So they're, they're looking at a lot more than just those SAT scores and your race. It's not just like a binary situation. But you couldn't tell me that like an equivalent student uh, of color from what my, my grades and my propensity for scoring uh, was that has three or four or five other siblings, right? And again, a low income, the statistically just ethnics make less money that they could afford to do these other things, that they could afford a mentor or they could afford a tutor. Uh, there's still a disparity. And you look at like wealth disparity, um, it's from USA Facts. Uh, white households have a 50% greater net worth than the next most well-off group. Uh, group. So whites would be like 1.32 million uh, as far as their net worth for the average household. And this is back from uh, quarter three of 2022. Other, which makes up 872, uh, 872,000, which is primarily Asian within that other. And then you drop all the way down to blacks at 340,000 and then Hispanic at 323,000. So literally we have a million dollars on average, right? Again, there's polarities in that, but on average, a million dollars over four times the wealth for that household. Okay, where's that at? Because I don't have any. Well, no, we don't have it. We're, we're kind of outliers, but well, national averages, I mean, my, that's... My point is, is like you said, you grew up in this and that and this and that. I've experienced all of it. So when I was a kid, we went to, we lived in Northport, mm -hmm. and it was pretty much all white kids, you know, and uh, I've probably been to, I don't know, 50 schools, I don't know. I was always getting expelled and uh, grew up in the hood, so I was the only white kid at some points, you know, and uh, then I went to a rural area where it was mostly Hispanic kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there was like three black kids and like five white kids in that school. So I've been in all of it. And I went to Wakeland. And uh, I've talked about him before. There's a friend of mine. He's a black kid. Really fucking smart. Super successful now. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I said it in another episode, but, you know, education doesn't have a color to me. Right. So. It's a cultural disparity, as you put it, you know? So, like, Asians, mm -hmm. that's their culture. It's what they're taught. You know, I've seen this firsthand, you know, because this kid was smart, and he talked like a white person. Mm -hmm. So they say, that's what they said, not me. I just was friends with him. You know, he was he helped me with math, and I'm, I'm an idiot. And, you know, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll friend up with the, with the smart kids so right. I can get some fucking help, you know? And, I mean, these people related to him even. Some of his cousins like, man, he act white. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? You know, because I'm a little kid at this point, third, fourth grade. Like, I don't understand act white. 
you know, I don't know what that means. And he's like, well, just listen to how he talks. I'm like, he doesn't talk like me. I sound like you because I grew up in the hood. Yeah. You know, and uh, I never did understand it. And uh, he didn't want to like, he was always doing some kind of extra work, extracurricular, volunteering for things, which in turn made me volunteer because we were friends. Right. You have to stay after school anyway to wait for your mom. So. Do you think that was impressed upon him by his family, like his nuclear um, family, or was that just something he He didn't have one. To? He didn't have a nuclear family. His dad mm-hmm. was a football player, like professional. Yeah. But his parents weren't together, but his dad was around. I think that's another important aspect to the game, is if you don't have a father figure, you're just in the street doing whatever. Nobody teaches you nothing. So you're way more likely to succeed if your father's parents are together. So then look at the the stereotype of black families with children that don't have active and present fathers. Yeah, but that's systematic. Welfare state. Yeah, and then you look at all of those Hispanic kids when you're in a rural area. Those kids were there because their families were working farms. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's super low income. Right, they they probably didn't have a American education for the most part. You know what I mean? They're probably first gen or second generation of being in America. Um, yeah, well, they, so, those in that game, those kids were like gang members by choice. You know, so I've seen all this, and like I've never understood like education doesn't have color. So my black friend, um. Even though his parents weren't together, his dad was in the game. Mm-hmm. And he was a professional football player. I actually have one of his cards. You know, um, Robert Golf was his name. Right. So, played for the New Orleans Saints. This kid was ridiculously smart, you know, like genius level. And uh, I knew that then. And, uh, like, his peers of his own color. Mm-hmm like downplayed it like oh man you know using this like using all these big words and i'm like dude he's just smart like what the fuck's wrong with that you know so i think there's a lot more to it than just this or that you know the nuclear family is being dissolved by the government you know they're making it hard like for me for instance right um i'm white my wife's white my kids are white you know and I don't have like a shitty job where I don't make a big bunch of money. I mean, but I don't make millions of dollars either. I'm like blue collar. So my daughter is, uh, and you know, we're married. That's the other end of it. Yeah. Like they literally make it hard to be married because you don't get as many breaks. So, you know, she's trying to go to college. I'm paying out of pocket. She can't get any grants because I don't, I make too much. She can't get a loan. Because they don't make enough. Because we're married. Yeah, it's like this no man's land of the yeah, so you're government just assistance. Like in the middle, like what the fuck, you know? <clears throat> um, her ex boyfriend was a black boy. Um, he didn't have a dad, low income, full grant, right? Now, I mean, I'm over here struggling to pay for this shit. You think that's fair? I don't. Like, I mean. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm working two jobs to do this, and I'm not any better off than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not living the million-dollar 
fucking disparity life over right. here. You know, I'm I'm just as I live right outside the hood. The hood's across the street, you know? So I'm not like any better off than anyone else. And I don't think that I should be. I don't think that race has anything to do with anything. You know what I mean? First off. So um if we had a ethnic, as you put it, person here, I would just, we're three men, you know, woman, whatever, three people talking about this problem. So, I don't bring race into most things that I make decisions on. I mean, obviously, my daughter was dating a black boy, and whatever, as long as you treat her right, I don't give a fuck, you know, so, but he got a full ride, and uh, she didn't get nothing, like, she applied for the grants. Yeah. Nothing. Not even help with books. You know? I had to buy all that shit. So I have two jobs, and they're hard. You know, I'm out in the heat all day. It's fucking hot. We're in Florida. I worked yesterday, blazing, dying, dehydration. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she can't even get a fucking scholarship or a loan, even, because I'm, I don't make, well, you don't make enough money. I'm like, me and my wife together, you know, are close to a hundred thousand dollars which is dirt in yeah. reality for two right. people because but, of the inflation lately i mean a hundred thousand dollars 20 years ago yeah you were balling i mean a hundred years ago or not even you could uh the the man went to work and the women stayed home and they had houses and cars and boats and everything was yep. awesome but yep. selling shoes <laughs> Yeah, selling fucking shoes, you know, like Al Bundy had a big-ass pimp house, you know. Um, But I'm experiencing all this. So, to me, I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? Yeah, it's going to leave you jaded. Well, it's not even that I am, you know. I I don't wish any bad on anybody else. No, not towards, like, not towards the groups, but towards, like, the system, the structure. The system sucks. Yeah. For everyone. So, you know, it's literally like, statistically speaking, Harvard Law, right? So, black people have to get 1,100, and their test scores are lower, graded. They're graded lower than everyone else. So, when they go to take the the lawyer bar, it doesn't have any of that. It's a standard, and that's it. Yeah. You either pass or you fail. 80% of them fail because they didn't have to perform. And most of them probably don't even know. But that's just the entrance, though. I mean, then they still have the two, four, six, eight years of schooling to prove themselves. No, this is after. No, this is after. They, no, I mean, they like, went like the SAT the score, like the low entrance. The yeah, but even right. their even their grades in the school are lower standard. You know, so if you have to get a hundred percent as an Asian on your test, and 90% as a white person on your test, then you have to get like a 75 or an 80, then you're only going to perform at 80. You know what I mean? So they go through the whole school system, do the whole thing, then they go to take the bar, which is 100% or fail. 80% of them fail. I understand entrance exam, but I don't know about college courses being graded differently. That's what I heard. Could be false, but yeah, that's I don't, what I heard. I don't know about that. I, I understand the, the acceptance part of it. Um, I don't know about college 
like your active courses, you know, your your trigonometry being graded differently. I've I've never heard of that. Um you look at the trend in GPA courses uh by race and ethnicity study from nineteen ninety to two thousand nine, uh via the core academic courses, right? So your your yeah, yeah. math and science and everything else, not your electives. Um so starting out in nineteen ninety, everyone was dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're starting from like a low bar back in the nineties. Yeah, smoking weed and chill. Uh, so Asians have been leading by quite a bit. Uh, per this graph, this is by the Nations Report Card dot gov. Uh, so nineteen ninety, Asians are starting off with core class GPAs of two point seven. Uh, the next bracket go down to whites at two point five two, and then your let's see your hispanics at 2.37 and then your blacks at 2.21 so right off the bat asians are scoring 0.5 higher gpa uh for their core classes and this scales up so we finish off in 2009 asians with a 3.09 uh so just shy of 3.1 whites with 2.88 so just shy of 2.9 and then your uh hispanics at 2.6 and your blacks at 2.47 so asians went up 0.4 from the 90s to 2009 and blacks went up 0.2 uh 0.25 and then whites equivalently went up about 0.3 so 0.4 0.3 and then another 0.25 for hispanics so their GPAs for core classes have not risen too much in the same, like, you know, Asians and whites have risen up another 30 and 50% higher than their growth. Um, so I don't know if you are super familiar with GPAs. So generally, like, I just know mine was really low. <laughs> yeah, generally a, a 3 0 was like, you know, the straight A's. Um, anything outside of that, you have to take college credit courses uh, in order to influence uh, your GPA. Right. So I had a, a girlfriend back in high school. She had a point, she had like a 4.5 GPA. It was, it was like mathematically impossible. She was doing extra credit stuff literally all the time. She wanted to be an astrophysicist. Nice. I mean, girls, girls, wild smart. And she came from, she was mixed. She was Indian, Caribbean, and uh, like like a little bit of like West Asian or something like that, uh, but really really mixed family, primarily like Indian Caribbean uh, influence. Like, uh, India, 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 not Native American. Yeah, yeah. and um, they usually score pretty high too because they have yeah, the same kind of culture. Yeah, for sure. So her dad was like a car salesman, and her mom stayed at. Oh no, no, her mom didn't stay at home. She did something like a medical receptionist or something like that, you know? Mm. Uh, but they were super big into education. And I think that what affirmative action, as far as college entrance examinations go, that, that little bit of difference between the test score is one of the primary things that they can utilize to make up for all of the other disparity, you know, socioeconomic, talk about like, them having a million dollars less in average wealth per income talk about 
okay, statistically speaking, a lot of these other uh, minorities don't have an active father figure present or their parents are totally working. Well, it's the government. Whatever the case, they're they're kind of like lobbing all this together, right? They incentivize not having a father figure. They make it for black people in general, usually, Mm -hmm. usually everyone, but they make it to where the woman will make more money from the government than that man can make. You drive around and you see like, you know, those tax uh, posters everywhere. $6,000 per kid. (laughs) It's It's predatory. It's super predatory. I have kids. I ain't never got $6,000 from my kid. You know what I'm saying? Ever. I don't get that much back, but I I don't pay in like a lot, you know, because I claim zero on my taxes, so... It puts you in a different tax bracket, but yeah, I, f- I fucked up with that one of my first years working outside of the military, and uh, I didn't elect to put in for taxes. At the end of the you year, claim like, like yeah. eight, <laughs> dude. At the end of the year, they're like, "You owe us six thousand dollars." Yeah, you gotta be watching that shit. And an expense I was not prepared for. I mean, even taxes, you know, um, is based on income, not race. Right. So. If you make under twenty thousand dollars a year, or thirty thousand or something, twenty, I think, then you don't pay any taxes, at all, zero. And then you're in the middle class like we are. You're paying thirty percent of your income. If you're above average, you're yeah. paying fifty percent of your income. Who the fuck wants to work? You're trying to make all this money, right? Yeah, my uh, my mother, fifty cents on my, the dollar. My stepmother is a doctor, and she literally has like her tax guy, or they have a tax guy. Yeah, because you have to when you yeah. make more money, because exactly. otherwise you get fucked in the ass. So <laughs> there she is making like a million a year and paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. So I understand there's there's a lot of like contempt and frustration because those. I mean, she she's a doctor. Worked her fucking ass off, went yeah, to went residency, to and shit, yeah. making like thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year for residency. And again, she was a white uh, woman, and she didn't have grants. All of that shit came out of loans, right? And uh, you know, they're still paying off loans. I mean, she's been a doctor for like five years, she's still paying off loans, making a million dollars a year. Still mm-hmm. can't balance all of that. Well, granted, gross pay. Yeah, granted, you know, they're living a nice life, so they're. Pushing the yeah, student she's loans working back for, is not. She's working for fifty cents on the dollar. Yeah, you know, which I don't think is right either. Then you have welfare families who, you know, mother I mean, or father doesn't work. They have three, the four, five kids. Welfare state is keeping people down, right? I mean, my dad was there. He taught me work ethic, so that's what I do. Now, if you don't have that, you don't know, right? So, to me. If the government wanted to give me a bunch of free money and I didn't have no, you know, learned behavior from my father, I'd be like, well, all right, give it to me then. You know, I'm chilling. I'm on hood and fucking food stamps. The whole now you lived on food stamps. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is needed at some point sometimes, but like not all the time, you know, and the government literally makes it to where. If the father's in the house, the woman won't make as much money. You know what I mean? So if I was gone, 
Me and my wife got divorced six years ago when my daughter was still young. Mm -hmm. She would make more than I make from the government. She would be on HUD, so she'd pay like $100, right. $200 in rent, and have food stamps and not have to pay for shit. But because I'm there and we're married, we don't get nothing, you know, which I'm fine with that. I'm I'm not like downplaying that people need help or anything. I'm fine with it. But if you pulled it back or you put something in place like, okay, to get welfare, you have to go out and do community service. Right. 20, 20 hours a week, picking up trash. You have to do this when you are uh, get a DUI. For sure. You got to put the fucking vest on so everybody knows you're a drunk. Yeah. And go out and pick up trash on the side of the road. We see these people all the time. Hot ass sun, fucking blazing. I mean, I had to do community service. I had to do 100 hours because of some bullshit. And I cranked that shit out in no time. I was there every day. And then I told them, like, hey, man, I know how to do other things other than pick up trash. Like, I can paint. I can fix plumbing. And so then they put me to work like a motherfucker. And then they signed off on me, and I was good. Mm -hmm. But I was there every day. I did my shit because I... I was taught work ethic. Yeah. And uh, that's what I do. I just think that the government needs to get out of people's way. And, you know, because if you don't give them a bunch of free shit, then they'll have to go to work, you know, and then build themselves up. That's That's what I look at it. That's how I look at it. Like, I mean, I know people need help here and there, but there's a lot of people on welfare that really don't. Have no reason to be. I think that's what like the affirmative action represents is that little bit of help taking into account all of these other I areas. Think, I think welfare is the little bit of help. You well, know? welfare is like a whole other episode, probably days of episodes. I'm just saying, there's a, there's things in place. I mean, originally, like this was, you know, you talked about 60s and 70s. Well, it was made affirmative action in the 90s under Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. So... 60s and 70s, we didn't have it. 80s, we didn't have it. So, in the beginning, it was needed. But I don't think it's needed now, especially in college. You know? Um, I think everything should be standardized. Like, everybody's equal. You know, we talk about equity and equality. Yeah. But it's not. It's not equal. No, for sure it's not. Um, I mean, even... You know, the disparities that they've been through, this and that. Yeah, that's not equal either. But the test scores ain't even equal. Like, bring it up or bring it down. So, mm -hmm. if the Asians have to get a 1350 and black people have to get an 1100, put it somewhere in the middle. Make it 1250 for everyone. Then everyone performs. And if Asians get better scores, okay. But I just think that it should be fair. You know? If every if everybody wants to be equality and equity and equal, mm -hmm. make it equal. That's my point to this. Is like I ain't getting no help. You know what I mean? I didn't do good in school by choice because I hated fucking school. I'm not saying that I'm stupid or something, but I could have did good, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to play sports and play video games and there was a, fuck off. There was a meme the other day. It's like, to all those students who just crammed their paperwork in their backpack, like, how are you doing today? That's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. 
no, same here. I just, if I, I wouldn't turn to papers because if I didn't finish it, you know, if I'd only got like 18 out of the 20 questions, you know, the last two questions or three questions were always the hardest. And it was mm. like the advanced stuff. If I couldn't figure that out on my own, cause like I couldn't depend on my mother's help and this was before internet. So I couldn't go right. out and learn. Um, I just feel like a failure. So I wouldn't turn it in. I'd be like, ah, oh, I just lost my entire sheet. So yeah. I wouldn't even get graded partially because I just not turn it in because of shame. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I think uh, like there was a time where you know black people were repressed and they were um, they couldn't even read books they weren't allowed to read they didn't get taught but that's not now. Well, you know? they there's still a lot of arguments and data suggesting that like there's still residual oppression and disparity and bias in race. Like you talked about your friend, black friend who spoke white, and then you who spoke, spoke black, educated right. I spoke hood. He spoke educated. Okay. I don't look at it like color, you know. So speaking educated versus speaking hood. But if you're both to show up to the same position for same job equivalent, you know, cashier at so and so. I don't think so. There, well, the if I come in there and sound stupid, because I'm like, yeah, man, I know how to be doing this here. You know what I'm saying? And then he comes in there, yeah, I've been doing this for this and this, and then he speaks eloquently. He's gonna get the job. Well, a lot of a lot of statistics uh, that are argued in these cases say I mean, we're that talking that's about today, not, though. No, today, still today. I don't think so. We could we could do a deep dive and, and try to pull up some stuff, but that's the the primary argument is that there's still systemic racism in the system, and uh, for whatever reason. Asians are generally removed. I mean, outside of like the start of coronavirus, where all these Asian people are getting fucking crucified in the street because you know uh, they by, by who? Literally everyone, but generally like white people. Uh, there was a whole thing with black people, like really hating Asians. Uh, I don't know why, but they was on some ass about Asians, man. But whatever. Yeah, so they they're all mad, you know, you bat eating motherfuckers, you know, up and down. Um yeah. so I I I would I would agree, I believe that there is still quite systemic bias and, and racism in the system. And I think that the affirmative action intent probably should still be there. Now, in the levels that it is right now, you talk about 1250s for Asians and then, you know, 11 something or 12. 1350. Yeah, yeah, 1350. And then what, 1310? For white people. For whites. And then 1100 for blacks. I think that gap should probably be shortened. I think Hispanics are 1310 too. Yeah, I, I think that gap should definitely be, be shored up, right? Loosened up. You know, the. It should be somewhere variable. in the middle. That's my point. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to be equal, be equal, you know? Based on your scores, not your race. That's my point. You know, I mean, like my friend, he went to college and and he did very well. And like he was scoring higher than Asians. This kid's fucking a genius, you know. And uh, like I said, most of them probably don't even know that they only have to get an 1100, you know. So they're just doing their work and, oh, fuck yeah, I got a good grade. You know, or whatever. I have to. I got in. They didn't even know that. You know. Right. So, from our perspective, I mean, the the place that we are coming from is neither of us are 
college graduates or attendees. You know, I didn't even graduate my, from high school. See, I, I, I accomplished that. Uh, that was that was a lot of work. I failed my first year and a half of high school because of absences. And they just marked me down for zeros. Because you were like, fucking off. Uh, I was taking care of my mom. She was sick. And I didn't have means to get to school because I was like 30 miles away. Um, so you've been through some shit in your life, but you still did it. Yeah. So and, my... And according to every angle looking at you you should probably be a piece of shit that lives in the hood yeah i i wasn't at at that point i knew that i wasn't going to be eligible for grants right because my gpa was tanked with like zeros yeah and uh so i finally in my senior year 17 years old uh went to a different school and some schools have like seven credits so it's an acceleration program yeah so i had to do all of my classes on the computer you know, make it's like basically summer school during school. So I had two classes, forty-five minutes a piece, and I had to make up, I think, seventeen half credits. So like seventeen <laughs> classes. It's a lot. It's a, it was <laughs> a lot. Uh, but again, I was a really good test taker. Um, you know, pretty intelligent. I was reading a lot. I was excited to learn, and uh, so I smashed those out in like the first couple months. For the last two months of that year, uh, or that that semester. I was just helping other students with their courses, you know, trying to catch them up. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, there were some, there's some people that probably needed help. There's a little white girl, Ashley, you know, so we're all in a, a beach that. town, but you know, there's, a the ASVAB, the armed services, vocational aptitude battery test for the military entrance exam. Generally the scores are graded according to branch. So, like, the Army, you had to get, I think, a 33 or 35 at that time. Air Force was looking at, like, mid-40s to, like, 50. Uh, Navy was about 50. Marines was sitting around, like, 35, 40. So, Army was, like, the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And this is out of, like, a 99 score. And it's, it's a whole lot of different things. It's math, reading, comprehension, spatial awareness. And uh, this girl went in there. She got a 7, a 9 a 12 and then a nine again of the four times that she took it. Mm. You literally get like one or two points from putting your name on the test. Right. This girl got a seven. Like most people would look at that, like this girl probably needs to be wearing a helmet of some sort. <laughs> she probably needs adult supervision for the rest of her life. Um, but it, again, me working with her 50 little points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me working with her, uh, you know, trying to help her get through these tests and like it just it took me hands on explaining and teaching her. This is the problem. These are the tools that you're given. Now, you know, this is a process. Demonstrate. Now you demonstrate. You get the connection now. And so it really took a lot of invested mentoring. Um, And she passed and graduated. Same class and everything is Gucci. But uh that's kind of what it takes. And I think that speaking to these test scores, if you're just take her seven, her nine her 12 and her fucking nine again, she went mm. down a score after the, the fourth time. Uh, mm. She wouldn't have had those opportunities. So like she was capable of learning. She's probably not going to Harvard. Uh, I don't right. God knows where she's at now, but it took a lot of effort. And that's not something that a lot of, inner city schools or rural schools would be able to afford you know the public school system um is not great no. we have we have uh, a 
an associate or two of ours that are paying for private schools for the children, right? Because they want that extra help. They want to ensure that the attention is being given to the student. In a lot of these cases, attention is not given uh, at the school level. The attention yeah. isn't given at home. So then they have no respect in the school environment and they have no will want to learn. They're ref- refuting and rejecting <laughs> help because it's not fucking cool or this whatever is, it is. Uh... I've experienced this too. You know, because I got kids. The COVID happened, right? So my son was at like a regular school, like Prime Elementary. <clears throat> it's a normal ass school. It's just public school. So they they couldn't go to school anymore. So they all, you know, they gave them computers, take home. <laughs> just gave them the assignment. That's it. Like, no Zoom call. Yeah. So like, how does that how affect you do your, it? How did that affect your kid? He had to stay back, right? So if you were to extrapolate that to normal public school, where you still have teachers, yeah, but that you're are... in there though. <clears throat> yeah. See, you're... like you're, they should have done it differently. They should have been like, "Hey, we're going to do a Zoom call. I'm going to show you how to do this, and then I'm going to give you the assignment." Well, they were kind of being lazy, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so we put him in a magnet school. So magnet schools are a huge thing, especially for, you know, low-income kids. Um, But, you know, the government, they don't like magnet schools. They want to take them away. I don't understand it. So he goes to a magnet school, and he's going into a new magnet school for middle school. Um, All the teachers there do free tutoring every one of them from sixth grade to eighth grade they all and then even the eighth grade teachers will help the sixth graders right so they have tutoring in these magnet schools which is why they're awesome and they raise the kid up so he went to this magnet school he was really low because he basically missed the whole year you know right and they're wanting us to help him well i'm at work i can't do it you know um my wife's working from home. She can't do it. My daughter's doing her work, you know, so even her school, she went to like Manatee High School and they did the same thing. Here's your work. Yeah. And the teacher was chilling. Come on there for 10 minutes, do this assignment. No teaching, no extra effort. To me, me being me, I'm not a teacher, but if, uh, that happened and I was a teacher during that time, I would have been like way more invested than I am in the, in the classroom. I'd be like on there. Like, okay, does everybody understand? Yeah. Like, let's, let's go over this thing. Cause you know, we're not in class. So you know, it's hard. We're going to try to help you as much as possible. Me. Right. They were like, here's your assignment. I'm going to go back to watch Netflix. I don't know. I didn't understand it. I'm like, not that they're bad teachers. And nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Everybody's just kind of like, whoa, freaked out by it. But still, there's Zoom calls. My wife was on Zoom calls every morning Mm -hmm. for her job, going over what they're going to do for the day. So they did it. I mean, how many Zoom calls were you you there? Were you there during our job during COVID? Oh, yeah. How many fucking Zoom calls did you have to make? Hand out your fucking masks and, you know, give you all your slips for Well, we never we never went off, though. We we were still at work. So, 
you know. But the point is, is everybody got kind of lazy during that time, including the kids. Yeah. If you're at home, you don't want to do schoolwork. No, kids need structure. You know, and my son doesn't like school. He likes to learn things, but he hates school. You know, it's, it's strange. I mean, you talk to him, he's knows all about this stuff that they ain't even learned about, but can't add. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll have an episode on schools as well. There's yeah. a, a concept called the Montessori school, um, mm. generally aimed at younger children. Uh, but it's one of those that like reinforces, what do you want to learn? How yeah. do you think this will help you? And they go off and it's a lot more like natural, uh, you know, they go outdoors all the fucking time, you know, looking at bugs he and gets, stuff. Uh, he gets frustrated when he doesn't understand things. Yeah, as, um, we, as we all do. <laughs> There's know, a lot of shit that uh, we don't understand. Which is where the teacher comes in. Mm-hmm. So the new school brought his level up because they did like accelerated um, remedial reading voluntarily. Like, we have to pay for that shit, you know? And I mean, Ice Cube went to a fucking magnet school. Uh, Michelle Obama went to a magnet school. All these you know, high up in the, mm-hmm. per, uh, what's the word? Successful black people went to magnet schools. So, I mean, it's... Well, how accessible are magnet schools? What did you have to do to get your son in there? Apply. Okay. What are the, what are the grounds for that? Does it. So then if... I, I mean, mean, they're smaller, <clears throat> so I don't think, like, they can just take everyone. Right. Um, I think ideally, it, I think it's if there's like space available. Ideally, every school should function as a magnet school because yes. like we need help. They should, yes, but they're government funded. These schools aren't government funded either. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I don't know how it works exactly, but they're uh, have a real small budget, and you know, like some of the parents donate and and help out. Like my wife did, uh, would go on field trips as a chaperone shit like that and then they have like uh bake sales and shit and my wife would volunteer for that and be like the cashier yeah so they have things for the kids and they come bounce houses and whatnot and a lot of that's donated and a lot of it's donated everything you know so they would have these sales and to raise money for the school so um they're kind of like off on their own doing this, you know? So they didn't really have any government funding. So it's like, it's possible. And if you're listening and your kid's struggling, put them in a fucking magnet school because them shits are awesome. I wish I had a magnet school. For sure. If I had one, I'd probably be better off right now because I fucking hated school. He's me when I was his age. He's just smarter than I am then, you know? Uh, so, I mean, there are programs and there's magnet schools everywhere. Yeah. So when I was in school, my, uh, the first couple, I think it was third grade when I shifted schools and, um, between third and fourth grade, a, like a stellar teacher really took interest in uh, me and a couple of the students, um, that were struggling like home life. Uh, Mrs. Marion, uh, Shout out to Miss Marion, uh, but she passed during summer of fourth to fifth year. 
and uh, it was a huge hit. She was a huge part of my life. So I see where the the active engagement of a teacher can dramatically change uh, a student's perspective and prospects you know, mm. for success. So again, going back to the, the affirmative action and my support of it uh, to some degree is that a lot of the students that are going to these schools, you're going to have like societal pressure, right? So you said you know, a lot of these Hispanic kids are his, yeah, Hispanic uh, origin or in gangs, right? I never was asked to put on a fucking bandana. I never went to school strapped. Um, I did. So you you did in that environment. I didn't. I didn't have to deal with that. I had um, all kinds of weapons in my backpack. <laughs> I, uh, you know, my my home life mother was there, but unavailable for a lot of it. When I was super young, she was really invested. Like I was, I came into school already reading, mm. um, knew basic, you know, arithmetic. So when she was available to do so she put a lot of effort into my early learning. And then as that proceeded, you know, we'll let the school system take over and I showed my aptitude and my inaptitude in other respects. Um, so like, I didn't have those societal pressures. I didn't have anyone telling me like, you know, don't speak uneducated cause it's not fucking cool. Those wasn't the crowd that I hung out with, but that's unavoidable in certain cultures or areas that you grow up in. Like it's, it's organically going to happen because of our, American system, like our, our big melting pot, there's, you know, differences, there's unavoidable, unequivocal differences in how, uh, children are, are raised and family structure, everything else that we talked about earlier. So I didn't have the societal pressures. Um, I had adequate pressure to learn, right? The intent was, I wanted to be a, uh, aerospace engineer. All right. So I was trying to study and maintain all of my um engagement towards that you know i love like model planes and stuff like that um i was always doing research and engineering so i i wanted to go into a stem field for engineering i just had an erector set <laughs> well fuck love legos but i had some some opportunities afforded to me to help reinforce this mindset of desire to learn and structure and go to school. It's brought up with a strong respect for authority that I still see today in every action. Like I don't, I, I don't lie, you know, if as an instinctual thing, you know what I mean? I just, I tell the truth, whether it's an officer, government employee, cashier, random person on the street. It's just, that's my natural response is just tell the truth, you know, uh, whatever trust happens, in, happens. yeah trust trust in whatever system um is going on which as like a conscious adult i understand a lot of systems are broken but that's just ingrained in my dna now and uh so i do think there's a disparity and these uh, students that are coming from a lot of these the backgrounds i think that would be the adjustment is not necessarily specific test scores as a whole with that score gap but colleges do look at all this extra academic stuff they do look at your income uh your family income uh when you apply yeah i know <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> right uh so i think oh you're white and married and you don't make enough money ah fuck you 
Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of different things that, that roll into this, and there's a, a lot more that we could do to try to reinforce learning because, you know, my mother didn't have verifiable income. Mm-hmm. All these other families, whether they're undocumented migrant workers or, you know, the families primarily based off of welfare, but then they do other things, whether, uh, you know, the father's doing like landscape work all under the table. You know what I mean? I, I worked as a young teen with my uncle when he adopted me under the table. Like I had income, he was paid under the table. So we were always in this poverty status according to taxes, but we were able to subsist. And uh, not a lot of things. So you're you can not do. paying taxes on any of that stuff, right? He was he was doing well up until the the recession. I mean, he still worked his ass off. And was yeah, doing yeah. contractor work, um, but you know that's a, a whole trade thing. So if we don't have the societal system and structure for schooling uh, across the board, right? So inner city school should have just as much power as a magnet school right to address the students and their needs absolutely uh as you know a nice um suburban school right by the coast like i grew up in most of them have like uh, magnet schools have smaller classes so the teacher can be one-on-one that's part of the problem in public schools is they have these huge classes they got one teacher with like 50 students not really more like 30. Yeah, yeah, but, average. But, you know, that's a lot of kids to help one-on-one in a six-hour six day or whatever. Especially when you're making $40,000 a fucking year and you have to do all of your work outside of school. You know, I grew yeah, up with my best friends. Yeah, yeah. His mother was a, a teacher's assistant. And, dude, she hustled. Talk about piano lessons after school, mentoring. And then she still had to raise her two kids uh, without a husband. And granted, she got child support, but like she was fucking hustling mm-hmm. and she still had to grade papers, you know, up until eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, brilliant, mean. brilliant woman, super fucking strong, um, Miss Susan. And uh, there's there's a lot to the problem and well. it does seem unfair. And I'd, I'd even extrapolate that it is unfair. Uh, for the test scores to be graded so wildly for acceptance. Uh, but I still think that there is systemic problems that you can't just say everything needs to be equal because it's not equal. Um, but it should be. It should be. So the the primary goal would be that we fix our, our cultural issues and right. we fix government issues uh, involvements the school system Intrusion. from the start you know you shouldn't be looking at this at a, as a racial perspective at the college entrance this should be you know there, and there's been studies done everyone's looking at this problem for decades but no one's doing enough about well, it I mean, no one of, as in the government the government fucks everything up they have a terrible track record they need to get out of the way and just let it happen you know and then it'll work itself out um, in my opinion. So in like, uh, Detroit, there's, you know, inner city school, mostly black, Hispanic, blah, blah, blah. The whole, the whole nine, you know, yeah. um, the whole school board is black people. Right. And right. 
they have more government funding than other schools. More government funding. So they have guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing money at it, but it's not changing. And you would think, you know, all black board, yeah. they're going to do some shit for their people, but mm-hmm. they're not. You know, I mean, even Obama, he's a black president quotation. He did hardly nothing, you know? The programs and shit that he put in didn't do shit. Well, it's not really about politics, but the one, the only ones that really did some shit for black people was Trump. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of government programming and and directing money from here to there to make it easier for people, giving grant programs for people, you know. Um, but he doesn't get any credit for it because nobody even hardly knows about it. Uh, but I mean, I just think that everything should be equal. I mean, we can't have WET white entertainment channel. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't have the white caucus. We can't have all white colleges. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that like racially, it's just, I don't think that it's fair. There shouldn't even be an all black college or any of that shit. It should just be a college. You know what I'm saying? You just think it's reinforcing the stereotype and I do. cementing division. I do think so. Yeah. Just be equal. Like, I don't look at people based on color unless I'm describing them. Like, if there's like seven people in a row. Right. And there's one, one black guy or one Hispanic guy and everybody else is white. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, well, it's the black guy. That's, you know, go talk to him. He's the one. Yeah. Or it's the... The white guy that's in the group of black guys. Yeah. That's the only time I use the color card, you know? Um, I don't give a shit what they look like, you know? They can be green. Mm -hmm. I based on, uh, like Martin Luther King said, based on character. Yeah. You know? That's what I judge people on. And I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I don't look at somebody like, this is going to be a lazy motherfucker here. Mm -hmm. I, I wait weeks to form an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then after you suck for three, four weeks, I'm like, okay, he just sucks. <laughs> you know? And there's plenty of white people that suck. Like, I've... I know so many white people that are the laziest bitches in the world. You know? Um, it's just... Education doesn't have color. You know? And I think that if we stop throwing money at stuff... And actually look at the problem and get out of the way, it'll work out. You know what I mean? There's uh, a lot to be said for positive reinforcement. And I think that in a lot of these low-income areas, uh, the socioeconomic divide, there is this illusion that you can you can make it, right, in whatever facet outside of school. Right, whether it's you know, fucking slinging dope or whatever it is, right? There's a lot of illicit activities where I you mean, can make it. When you see the dude pull up at the gas station, right, and he's driving a fucking Lambo or some jacked up fucking pimp car, mm-hmm. you don't think that he went to college, right? This just the People natural. People that go to college don't buy Lambos. <laughs> they right, run around they're, and, you they're... know. But probably because they've had to struggle to pay for it. And they're like, you know what? Fuck that. I'll just get a fucking Nissan. Because yeah. that shit's more affordable. For sure. Yeah. You know, um, you instantly think drug dealer, fucking 
CEO, you know, some kind of big baller ass mm-hmm. thing. You don't be like, oh man, that motherfucker went to college for eight years. You know? Yeah, I think there's an undue amount of glorifying opposition to the system, and in the system, I'm meaning like schooling, right? The American way, the dream, nightmare. You go to school, get a college degree. You know, settle down with you know wife, kids, that whole uh, song. I think and dance. that's fucking propaganda. Yeah, and a lot of people are are fighting that, and um, I think that's that's part of the illusion because we do need people that are qualified and educated mm. in our society to keep us afloat and advance us. Yeah, because right? otherwise it'll be idiocracy. The the people <laughs> who design the manufacturing facilities that give you all of your bullshit knickknacks in your home and all of your kitchen utensils and electronics, yeah, yeah they weren't made by people that dropped out of high school. You know what no. I mean? I um, mean, uh, you mentioned earlier about trade schools. Yeah. You don't got to have no fucking, they don't look at race. You anybody get in? Mm-hmm. It was like a, a death of trade workers. Yeah, uh, just, yeah. Because I mean, I went to trade school during school. Yeah, right. I got into plumbing program, and I went to trade school half the day. Bust me over to other school half the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I was the only white kid in that class. Literally. Well, I was the first one in the class. Right. Because it was a new program, but I was the only white kid in there. There was black kids. There was Hispanic kids. And they were all in there just like me. I was the minority. You know what I mean? But I think that's the... Uh... And like in the, in the school, mm-hmm. it was MTI at the time. I was... There was not very many white people in there. You know, it was... Uh, like the mechanic shop, there was Hispanic kids and just all different people. You know, um, my wife was there. That's where I met her, esthetician class. She was in there with, you know, black girls and nails and whatever the, yeah. whatever the nail people, the cos- what are they called? Cosmetologists. Yeah, them people, you know, they uh doing hair and uh, the whole nine, you know, they're they're in there learning something to do as a job, but there's no... Fucking test score on that, it involves race. Right. I think that's one of the, like... Because it's an education program. It should just be fair. Yeah, I think the the perspective of trade schools is, like, the lower hanging fruit. You know what I mean? To some degree. Like, you you could get into a trade school. You can graduate. You can make a livable income doing electrician work or plumbing work or whatever it is. You don't need the higher degrees. So it's one of the more immediately rewarding uh, career paths. And a lot of people, uh, whether it's from whatever divide, um, ethnic or or white or whatever it is, generally it's lower-income families that are doing that. You're not having a Harvard graduate father with a a Yale or Princeton mother, and then their kid goes to a trade school. You know what I mean? There's that whole legacy program with universities. It does happen. A lot of kids don't want to fucking go be a lawyer. It's like, I just want to do, you know, electrician work, man. Leave me alone. I don't know anyone that, like, as a child, is like, I want to grow up to be a plumber. You know what I mean? It's it's a a result of the failure of them being able to perform to the higher economic standards. It's like, I don't think it's a failure. I mean, there's a meme with, like, the garbage man. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's a cartoon meme. Garbage man's picking up trash. The white mom with her daughter or her son is like, look at that guy, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's picking up somebody's trash. Yeah. And then there's the other person and their kid standing right next to him listening to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then the other mom's like, look at that guy. He's making $100,000 a year. He has great insurance. He has 401k. He has all this stuff just to pick up trash. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people just don't want to go to college, you know, I mean, and the ones that do have to get graded on their fucking bullshit, like race, you know, mm -hmm. to me anyway. I'm I'm having a, a personal crisis of uh, college uh, at this point, you know, trying to weigh the benefits of, of going or not going for the GI Bill, you know, an active duty service member for several years. So I've got that in my pocket to help, but it's still a pretty limited pool. I, I can't go to an Ivy League school with a GI Bill. Um, and they do have preference for veterans as well. All right, speaking well, of I mean, affirmative can you, action. Can you not go based on your uh, GPA? Well, my GPA is dog shit. Right? When I graduated high I'm school, saying. it was 2.8, I think I graduated with. Yeah, um, so, I mean, that affects it too. Yeah. Because it's low. For sure. But there's, so you, there's even if you could go to an Ivy League school, they wouldn't let you in because your level sucks. Uh, so there is a clause for military members. Like you have same thing with affirmative action or like diversity hires. Basically, they have special programs for veterans that have like gar nearly guaranteed acceptances. Um, so I actually would only need to provide basically my high school diploma, uh, my service record, my um, you know, transcript from the military. And I think I don't even need to take an SAT the last I looked at it to, mm. to get into most colleges. Now, don't sound very fair to me either. Right. But this is the prospect of, I went to, you know, well, went to serve so, our country, you, you right? Did something. So I guess they should give you wartime. something back. Right. So there's an exception made uh, for veterans. Um, and so that's not taking into account anything, you know, it's just the, that veteran status on my card, my, my, and uh, that works the same way for ethnic people to a lot of respects. Yeah. And, uh, because it's fair, <laughs> right? If you're, if you move, remove mm -hmm. the other part of it and it's just based on your military record, yeah. your military service. Yeah. If you were black, you would get in. Yep. If you're white, you get in. If you're Hispanic, you get in. Because it's fair. Right. And you look at the other side, it's based on race. Does that seem fair? Again, uh, if you look at it at a, a glance, no, of course not. And that's why this is... Well, I'm looking at it like straightforward. See, I, I judge everything on what should be. Right. So again, or what I, I think should be, I fall back towards meritocracy. So I would like to argue that it should be removed and that everyone should apply and score the exact same. That's what I think. That's like 50% of how I feel. But the, the reality on the other end uh, that I'm seeing is that dude, there's a lot of other factors to a student's initial test scores that are not fair. Um, I mean, if a black guy scores a fucking 1,400 and the, the level is 
1310 gets in. Correct. So if if he scores an eleven hundred and the level's thirteen fifty, he doesn't get in. If a white guy scores an eleven hundred and it's thirteen ten, you don't get in. Doesn't matter what you color you are, to me. Like it's based on your fucking shit, you know, whatever you score. I think that the the landslide effect of that is that You know, I'm pretty sure you can like Go back and take them again if you don't like your score. I know my daughter's boyfriend. My daughter passed mm-hmm. um, with a like thirteen twenty five or something. And uh, this is where it comes into play. This is why it's like direct to me. So he he didn't make it the first time. Mm-hmm. He's he failed. But then he was able to retake it, and uh, he passed by like one point. But his score was eleven oh one. She wouldn't have passed if it wasn't a thirteen ten. I think the fear is that you'd have a landslide effect, right? Because if now we we remove this, and we'll see the outcome of it, but I think the fear is that now colleges will swing back towards primarily white and Asian because Asians have that cultural education focus, uh, then you're going to unequivocally, like, there's not enough seats. So, of course, other minorities, you know, blacks and Hispanics that aren't going to get accepted are going to have to result to going to either, like, a trade school for immediate gratification or they're going to have to go to uh, alternate schools so then look at the score levels, right? If most black people and Hispanic people are scoring 1200s, mm. put it at 1200 for everyone. But then you're, it's still like a competitive thing. Those who are scoring the, there's only so many seats. So those who are still consistently scoring higher are going to get those seats. There's thousands of colleges. And there are. You don't have to go to Harvard. You don't have to, but if that's in your plan right if that's your your dream go to brown go to yale there's hundreds of them you know thousands that's why like most people then you'll that but then you'll wind up with oh harvard and yale are like white asian only schools because then the population is skewed back towards the highest initial test scoring individuals which are going to be whites and asians because they've been afforded so send your kid to magnet XYZ. school. Send your kid to magnet school. Bring up his level, where he gets in. It's a cultural thing. It's not a yeah, government but thing. That's the 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 culture as it stands right now, and you, we can't change an entire culture. And it's not. I mean, you argue about the rightness of that to do so. Like it'd be stealing or redefining or robbing their culture of X Y Z. That is important to them. Um, you, Education you can't, you can't should be say, important. Should be. You can't say that XYZ culture is bad because they're not prioritizing you education. You say it was bad. I said you just add to it, you know? And I mean, when you start to look at culture, um, rap music, I love rap music, you know? But the things that they say and glorify in there 
Ain't that great? Selling drugs, fucking hoes, big cars, big I mean, rims. There, there is a glorification of opposing the system. Uh, and that's well, it's not really opposing, though. Like, it's fucking well, it quick, is. quick it's, easy money. Yeah, but that's bullshit. opposing like the normal American dream system. Go to school, obey society, you know, get a normal job. What does WAP have to do with anything? See, and then, then therein you go. So you start to look at this shit. Now they're teaching girls with these songs that if you want to get ahead, you gotta fuck some dude. That it's just a whole thing. It's it's such a deep conversation. But you know, it's fucking Cardi B is a role model for thirteen-year-old girls, which is abhorrent. She's <laughs> terrible. It's, it's yeah. She's fucking horrible. You know, and her songs are terrible. I don't even know what the fuck she's saying half the time. Besides wop wop wop, you know. Yeah. No, I I I get it. Um, but that's the kind of like children don't have the long-term view. You know what I mean? You rely upon parents to reinforce that and keep that structure so that they wind up performing in school to then be able to apply and test uh, adequately for a college. If you're listening, watch what your kids are listening to, looking at. Incentivize. Like, my daughter started to slip around third, fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, She was having trouble was reading. Uh, so I was like, listen, for every A, I'll give you 20 bucks. Well, you know what happened next, right? I owed her like $100. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, not everybody's able to do that, but you can do something. Take them somewhere. Like, hey, man, if you get a good report card, we'll go to Bush Gardens or we'll go to this place or we'll do this or I'll get you a new video game or whatever you can afford. Yeah. Incentivize education. Positive reinforcement is, is huge, especially, I mean, it's across the board. Um, there's a really good book I read. It was about dog training because I wanted to be like a, basically a dog handler for the seals. And I was, I was reading this book and the lady, the author is like, this shit doesn't stop with dogs. (laughs) You can dog train everyone you meet. Yeah, within, you remember within uh, minutes on South Park when she brought the dog trainer in to fucking train Carmen. It is. It is exactly that. It's we are we are that simple. It uh, really is. Positive reinforcement is probably like I mean, the most effective guiding force. You to can modify see behavior. it in the gym, you know, because I I coach the kids and uh, I go even when my kid don't, and I'm harder on him than them because he's mine, mm-hmm. but. We have to go out and do sprints, right? So I give him a break in between, of course, but I'm like, okay, you go to the fence and back full speed, no stopping. All I say is don't stop, right? If you have to slow down, just don't quit. Just don't quit. Yeah. It's all that matters. Make it. Finish it. Don't stop. You know, and they'll fucking break their legs to finish. I'm like, come on, man, you can do it. Don't give up. They just keep saying it over and over. And you can see they're wanting to fucking just stop and breathe. And I'm like, don't stop. You can do it. And then they make it and they feel accomplished. But if I'm over there like, stop being a pussy. 
you know, fucking you fall down, I'm going to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to quit. No, see, my dad was very oppressive. I got all that other shit. I didn't get none of that. Mm-hmm. No attaboys. You know, no. No good job. I always had some kind of a... Criticism. Wrong that I did. Even yeah. though I was like averaging fucking six sacks a game, you know, 40 tackles. I was a machine. And he taught me how to be this, but he was like, you didn't get 42. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I tackled every time. Nobody else even got any. I was in in every play. No, not him. You know, so <laughs> I don't parent that way. And a lot of people don't um, react well to negative. No, no, that, that, that tings on all the wrong emotions you can spy. I mean... Got an associate, an employee of mine, where uh, as soon as something begins to go wrong, uh, it, it, it spirals. And I've seen this through several individuals uh, across my career uh, or careers. And uh, people don't take well to stress. They don't take well to criticism. They don't take well to failure. It sucks. And depending on the person, you either internalize it or externalize it. Right? You blame others for your failure or you blame yourself. Regardless, it doesn't provide you a benefit the majority of the time. There's very few people that can ingest a failure and then turn around and use that as fuel to become better. Um, and that's what I try to do. That's what you try to do. And I mean, it, it's, a, it's a rare case, honestly. It sucks. And, you know, but accepting, accepting it. Is part of it, you know. You said you don't lie. I don't lie either. I hate liars. You know what I mean? I lied when I was a kid, but I got my ass whooped for it, and now I don't oh, do yeah. it. So even now as a man, I'm still like, damn, is my dad going to beat my ass? If I <laughs> you know, so um, I don't lie about things, and uh, I accept responsibility for my actions. And see, I guess that's why I'm. a lot of people don't like me. Because I compare everyone to myself, not like for dickhead reasons. Right. This is like this is what I would do. So why are they not? You know, like, uh, hey man, I fucking broke this thing. Okay, who cares? We'll just fix it. You know, they're not gonna take it out of your pay. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you lie about it, you could get fired. For oh, sure. That wasn't me. And then they got you on the fucking camera doing it. It's like what the fuck. Here you are, <laughs> like I'm looking at you. Yeah, you know. So I don't do that, and when people do it, like pisses me off, and then I have a million questions. Like, well, I saw you do it. What do you mean? You know, and I don't like to tell on people and shit, but I can't change it by myself. You know, so and I think it's important to have discussions, like. uh and a friend or a guy we work with was supposed to be on the show today, but he couldn't make it. And uh, we were having a conversation about this topic. Happens to be a black man. And he's like agreeing with me, but he's like, you know, what do you do about it? Like, how do we fix it? Yeah. You know, what's the. I'm like, well, me personally, having discussions is how you fix it. Talking about it, right? So me and you talking about it, finding common ground, go on the show, talk about it. Um, somebody else hears it. They're like, you know what? These guys are right. And then they show them the show or they have a discussion with their person. And then it has a snowball effect, which I mean, it's probably not going to happen because we got four people, but still. Yeah. 
It's important. So the, I guess the solution, right? You can point to problems all the time. Uh, through the military, it was always brought up. Don't bring up a problem without a solution, right? If it means that much to you, think about it, come right. up with a solution, and then present it, all right? Critical and, thing. Uh, for this, I don't think that we can rely on the government to provide the solution. I think, again, a lot of this, there's the socioeconomic point of it, but and and cultural, we need to, I agree with you, uh, elevate our individual cultures to prioritize education if we're going to fight this battle. You can't say that this is unfair and then not do anything about it, right? I, so, I think it starts with the parents. Like, if, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting to. Um, we need to address students. You can't depend on a teacher to address your failing student. This needs to be, you know, as a parent, uh, understanding that education is their entire life. They spend three quarters of the year at school, right? They go through th more than three quarters of their life at school until yeah. they're considered an adult and they can make their own decisions. Um, so positive reinforcement, all right, prioritizing education, uh, not just for the sake of, you know, attaining a, a career where you're going to be wealthy, but just as a, a whole body problem, right? You want to be a competent person. You want to, you know, you see how mommy and daddy, you know, solve problems. You understand why you have a home. You understand why you have food. It's because we had to, we had to think about what we're presented with and come up with solutions and have the willpower to enact those solutions and, and make it happen for you. Um, so, again, accepting your, your own failures and shortcomings. There's going to be a lot of unfairness as you're, you're being raised or as you're raising your child. There's a lot of issues, uh, systemic and otherwise, that you have to address and overcome. But if you don't make that effort, if you're not engaged, you know, wholeheartedly engaged in your child's future, you can't rely on them or anyone else to ensure that success. Yep. Um, I mean, back to my friend real quick. Uh, you say his, his dad was a professional football player. Of course, his dad wanted him to play sports. He had no interest in sports at all. Like he wasn't a big dude. He wasn't. I mean, you know, he played basketball on the fucking playground, but right. he wasn't any good at it. Just because you're black don't mean you're good at sports, you know? Um, so, he was all about education on his own, you know? Which, and which is a, a, like a 1% thing. It's Isn't awesome, it? though, you know? And I mean, but his dad still supported him. He was happy that he was smart, mm -hmm. you know? And like he used to come to the, the school and everybody knew who he was, so it was like a big ass deal. Right. You know, but nobody understood, like, man, why don't you want to play football? Well, I've I've met a lot of people. You know, like I said, I grew up in the hood, so I knew a lot of black people. And their parents were like, The only way you're gonna make it is sports. Mm -hmm. And I mean we had his another friend that was um uh, same same class. Uh, and he actually still lives in the neighborhood, and I've seen him a few weeks ago. Uh, he was really good at sports, you know. Uh, probably would have got a scholarship. Probably would have went to the NBA or mm -hmm. something. He hurt his knee, and he lives in the ghetto with his mom. 
because he didn't pay any attention. He only got like enough school to be on the team, C average. Yeah. And then after that, like it was, I went to high school with him too. Um, after he couldn't play anymore, he just dropped out. Yeah, they were betting on like the physical long shot versus the the mental and educational thing. That's you gotta have something to fall back on. Dude. Yeah. Like you can't just rely on your body because your body will shut off eventually. Your body's not going to be there for you when you need it the most. Mm-hmm. Your brain will. And you can be in a fucking wheelchair and still make a million dollars. Look at fucking Stephen Hawking. Yeah. You know, dude couldn't even talk. Yeah, Bill Gates isn't exactly a specimen. <laughs> no, no. He wears fucking sweater vests and he's an idiot, you know. Uh, but he's one of the richest people in the world based on a brain, you know. So in their culture, they incentivize physical aspects. Which, you know, that Kaepernick guy or whatever had the NFL draft kind of comparing to the Mm -hmm. slave trade. It kind of is like that. A little bit. Like, I mean, they're being paid fucking astronomical amounts of money, so it's not exactly the same, but... I've I've held that same, like, concept since I was young. I I just never understood why people were literally being bet on, like, racehorses. And, I mean, uh, and it's not always a, a race thing because they want some big corn-fed white boy on the fucking no, yeah, but O-line. I mean, just, they're just they're they're animals for our entertainment. And right. I never said how well they got paid I mean, don't get me fifty wrong, million I, yeah. dollars or a hundred million dollars. It's yeah, insane. Dude. You know, and I mean, they don't incentivize education in anything. Like you hear about fucking WAP being the number one song, but. Some 12-year-old kid invented a nuclear reactor in his basement. Doesn't even hit the news, you know? They, uh, <clears throat> in South Korea and, like, Japan, it's it's the opposite. Like, student scores are published, like, on the news. They'll discuss this. They'll yeah. elevate them. And uh, we need Man. to take a page out of their playbook because yeah. they're one of the highest leading innovators, uh, GDP per... Um, capita because of their culture yeah we we need a, a huge culture shift back towards education if we're going to stand on the ground yeah, so it's, it's for, unfair it's gonna be an idiocracy um there was a movie some college movie uh, the guy that played uh the blonde haired dude in dumb and dumber talk about like accepted or I don't know. It's an older movie. Uh, he was a professor, and they asked him, like, why is America the greatest country in the world? And he's like, it's not. We're number, you know, five, six or seven in education. We're number... <clears throat> it was his whole last thing. And he was right about all of it, you know? <clears throat> you have a higher obesity rate than the whole world. and the cheaters, maybe? I don't know. He was a professor. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But anyway, uh, I don't even know that guy's name. Uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. If you type in fucking Jeff Daniels professor movie, it'll probably pop up. Uh, and he had this whole big speech about how we're like number 12 in this and number 26 in this. And, and then he's like, you know, but it used to be. It used to be the greatest country in the world when we incentivized education. Because, I mean... In the 60s, 70s, um, black people were at a higher rate of the nuclear family than white people even, you know, and they were doing better than white people. 
Then the welfare state started. And now here we are. So to me, I think that the welfare state was started to push them back down where they belong, mm-hmm. according to the government. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because they were literally doing better than white people. They were starting to outclass white people in the game. Yeah. And they had the uh, father was in the home. You know, they had the nuclear family. They were starting to move into white neighborhoods and buy houses and, and do very well for themselves. And then the the welfare state started and uh, incentivized non-nuclear family, incentivized being separated, incentivized having a whole bunch of fucking kids. Like you said, with the sign, $6,000 a kid. If you got eight kids, that's a lot of fucking money. Might have been a movie called Chasing Sleep with Jeff Daniels. Was a good professor. He's like amnesia. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. I just remember the pieces of the speech. Heard. He's on this big panel with a whole bunch of other ones, and they're talking. Like these students are asking questions, and uh, he said, "Oh, can in your own words, can you explain why America is the greatest country in the world?" And then uh, he's like, "It's not." Jeff Daniels' newsroom speech. Yeah, that's it. The newsroom. The newsroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good-ass movie. He's literally like, it's not, you know, we're this percent and this, and we're number fucking 25th and and this, and Mm -hmm. we're number one in obesity and shit like that. And then he's like, but it used to be, you know? So, like in the 70s, shit was prospering. Everyone was pretty much getting along during, like, the spread love Right. Hippie stage, you know, everybody smoking weed and chilling. <laughs> and then they illegalized that shit, so here we are. But uh yeah, right. gotta incentivize culture. Shit like that. I agree. We've uh we've got a lot of room to improve, but as with anything, I did it starts with us, you know, ground level. You, me, uh our our children that we raise, right? They're pretty much the primary means by which we positively or negatively influence the world. All right. So it's kind of unfair to put all of your burdens and expectations on upon your child. But if you naturally raise your child to be a good individual, to be productive, to, uh, you know, have respect towards, you know, their, their fellow man and, uh, do their best, then naturally things will work out for them. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it is. Um, you give them the tools to overcome adversity. You give them uh, some sort of goal, right? And education is their ultimate goal throughout all of their youth, you know? And positive reinforcement on whatever level you can afford is the greatest tool that you have, right? Uh, you can have affirmation, even just a conversation, a talk, appreciation. Hey, Good job, buddy. I, I know I didn't say it enough, but like, good job on getting, you know, an A on your grade. What do you want for dinner tonight? You know, um, Lasagna. there's, there's, <laughs> there's means and methods by which, uh, you can actively influence your child's desire to learn. And I know it's, it's difficult, uh, for most people working most of the time away from your kid. You can't depend on the public school system or even, you know, the magnet school or private school system to shore up all of those deficiencies that helps 
for sure. Yeah, you got to be you gotta, involved. You got to look out for it, though, right? Yeah. Like Ashley said, he had to apply for the magnet school. He had to be forward thinking. He saw there was a problem. Uh, there was a, a lack of attention in his son's academic uh, life. And so he addressed that and made an effort and it paid off for his son. So you have to actively be engaged and it, it takes work, it takes energy, it takes love and uh, mental effort to really be present in your child's life. But that's going to be the thing that shifts us back to where if affirmative action is removed, it's not going to matter because we've, we've done the work on the ground floor. We're not waiting for that final test score at a college age. Right? Yeah. We've, we've put in the effort from the get-go to ensure that they are ready and that everyone is on an equal status. Yeah. And uh, that, that's with us. We can't depend on any sort of system to make that happen. Well said, sir. You know, and your goals in life, if you attain them, you know, you should be proud of that. And you shouldn't think like that you only got there because of the system. You know, if you're black or brown or blue or green and you make it to college on your own without a bunch of programs, a bunch of help, don't like look at it like, oh, the government let me in. You got in on your own. You know, you did the work and you got in. Like, it's not because of the government that you got into college. If you want to go to college, go to college, do the work. You know, like, I mean, here I am over here trying to get my daughter in and it's really fucking hard, you know? Um, and she got good grades. She's got a good SAT score and I don't know what we're going to do yet, but something's going to happen. She's going to go whether I got to bleed or not. You know, that's the other end of it. If you want your kid to go to college and said, I should have did this a long time ago. I should have put like a college fund and just put so many families talk about it. I've never, uh, uh, one instance I've seen where it's, the the case for a college fund is so hard to do out. It is very difficult. To you do. always got to fucking pull out of it because yeah. a tree fell on your house. <laughs> a friend <laughs> or of something, mine, you know. A quick aside, friend of mine, Kai, when we were in high school, dude, he he had no aspirations for this college. Is a black boy? No, he's uh Asian. He's Thai, and um, his mom his mom was like, dude, straight out of the rice paddies. Like she spoke broken English. Uh, so worked wrong. at a sub shop. So wrong. His dad was, and I think he was an engineer. Why is everybody so sort. fucking stupid? Yeah, dude. She, she used to like <laughs> his. His name was uh Shannon. I don't know when called him that because you know it's a girl's name. Uh, so no, he, we decided we defaulted to Kai, uh, short for Kieti Sock, which uh was his Thai name. So I just called him Kai. Mom worked at a sub shop. And, uh, you know, pretty low income, but still a, a nuclear family only child. So they put away for his college fund. I think he had close to $40,000 in his college fund, which was respectable. And uh, yeah. especially back then when this was going to be relevant all the time, man, he'd dip out of his college fund to we'd go to the movies, you know, we'd go out to eat or whatever. I'll dip in the college fund, dip in the college fund. He exhausted that through high school. 
Holy shit. Yeah. I, I think he maybe had like a couple grand afterwards. Um, and this was th- that nearsightedness that children are apt to have. Uh, Why did he have access to it? I don't know. But if I did. was going to set it up and do it, it would just be something that nobody even knew about. Right. And no, then that was... when it was time to go, here you go. And I, I don't know all the, the ins and outs, except for he was our, our money guy. You know, whenever we needed to do stuff, he was the one that... So you was dipping in his Kool-Aid, too. We all huh? were. And, like, the, <laughs> nice. the guilt that I feel as an adult <laughs> looking back on asshole. it, fuck, terrible. Um, did he ever even want to go? Though? No, he didn't. Well, he, he never aspired to, and that's why he did what he did. But, uh, you know, he's still in the same town. Mm. He was working at the sub shop Holy with shit. his mom, you know, so he had the opportunity afforded to him, but he didn't have the, the structure necessarily to push himself out of that. Um, <sighs> Fuck. You know, even through high school, kids don't know what they want to do. Right. You know, your young twenties, you don't know what you want to do with your life. Right. There's, there's few, people uh children or adults that know what they want to do and have the <laughs> drive to get there i but still don't know what i want to do <laughs> it's up, up in there i've got a couple ideas dave's uh, gonna go to college and then be van uh, wilder uh, yes gonna be dave wilder and like live in college for like 20 years <laughs> that's probably not far from the truth but uh that was one instance where it it failed uh in an unforeseen way. And yep. I've, I've got another friend who was from a wealthy family, lived in a million dollar home. And, uh, you know, he went off and did college and was all happy. Uh, mm-hmm. but that sort of like insight and drive that was never really instilled in Kai. And so I don't know at what time the shift happened, whether it was once he got into high school or, uh, whether it was societal pressure for him to use that money for fun, but children need structure, and we we need to supply that structure for them. And uh, at the end of the day, we we want to strive towards equality and fairness for all. But at this point, it's not, and it's not fair, probably because of our own decisions. Right? We are spreading uh, division because we're adhering to antiquated lines and concepts. Uh, everyone has access to the internet. Everyone has, you know, access to public school. Uh, it's up to the parent to provide, you know, the home portion of that. Mm-hmm. But we all definitely have the tools and resources to get to a 1350. Yep. I mean, we just in, the, to- in the age of information. So, you know, you can pretty much learn almost anything that you want to learn you know there's some indian guy on youtube that's done it yeah <laughs> Prom- promise you i mean even fixing your car you know if you don't know how to change the alternator you can go on there type in the year there it is yeah like, i grew up without a father i didn't know a single thing about turning wrenches until a friend of mine wrecked my car i had to build it from the base up thanks to youtube and the YouTube. internet um before that it was chilton yeah but it's <laughs> it's not glorious you know what i mean like in America, we prioritize these sports and these celebrities, uh, things that don't require education. Uh, in yep. certain specific other regions of the world, it's the antithesis. And uh, even TikTok, 
Like our TikTok's a bunch of booty shaking bullshit. And then the ones that made it in China, their TikTok is completely different. Like they have motivational shit. They got educational shit. And there is no bullshit mm-hmm. on their it's thing. Just, it's just information. It's just information overload. And we're over here fucking with some single pick of some naked chick you're trying mm-hmm. to catch and getting a double tap on, you know? It's like, what in the fuck is this, you know? Yeah, we, we were the greatest country in the world. <clears throat> we need to return to form. Uh, but it starts with the, the citizen, you and me. Yep. So, on that note, cue the music. Drama! Drama! 